Chapter 9 of Carpenter's World Travels Alaska, Our Northern Wonderland by Frank Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Chapter 9 at Juneau. Leaving Alaska's old capital, I have come on to Juneau, the capital of today and the biggest city of the territory. It is a great mining and fishing center and a live, up to date place here are the residences of the governor and the chief officials whose offices are in an old frame structure not far from the governor's mansion and here the territorial legislature meets every two years juneau has also a pretentious frame courthouse of two stories with a little dome on the top and a city hall with a cupola that reminds one of the head of a pearl diver in his diving suit ready to drop into the deep most of the houses of juneau are of frame the country about is covered with timber and there are great sawmills at the wharves that supply the building materials of late however concrete structures have been going up the juno of today has only three thousand inhabitants but every man in the town is a hustler and the place hums with politicians lawyers tourists and miners the crowd is of all classes and costumes some of the men wear clothes of the latest cut of broadway or fifth avenue while others wear slouch hats mackinaws and khaki trousers some have on boots that reach to the knees and now and then you meet one in white rubber pantaloons drays automobiles and carriages move about through the city and a motor stage runs to the mining town of thane three miles down the channel at that place are the mills and reduction plant of the alaska gastineau gold properties nearby are the juneau gold mills and on the other side of the channel in plain view are the treadwell mines with the towns of treadwell and douglas around them juneau is beautifully situated on the mainland at the head of the gastineau channel a narrow strait which separates it from douglas island the channel connects stevens passage with the lynn canal at the northern end of which is skagway the harbor is so good that all of the ships that pass through alaskan waters excepting those plying between seattle and nome call here during the summer there are boats north or south every day and tens of thousands of tourists pass through the town is right on the water with wooded mountains rising almost perpendicularly behind it to a height of perhaps two thousand feet i have seen cliffs of this height in other parts of the world but they were mostly straight walls of gray red and black rock as bleak and bare as the desert of sahara the walls behind juneau are covered with a vegetation as green as that of the valley of the nile the city is cut out of the rocks or rather it is propped up by them most of the houses and streets stand upon stilts the irregularities of the rocky foundation have been overcome by a trestle work of piles the wharves are on piles and from the channel as the tide falls they look like an army of centipedes tramping out to the ocean it is now planned to fill in the space between the piles with the waste rock dust from the gold mills thus giving juneau a substantial foundation in the town of douglas over the way a beach of such tailings was made along the edge of the channel and the baseball grounds are laid out upon them millions of dollars have come from the sand lying inside that diamond the streets of juneau consist of more than ten miles of planked roadways running uphill and down they give no spring to the feet and your hips keep bobbing up to your waist and tire your anatomy 
both the central wooden roadways and sidewalks are so tipped that the water runs off into gutters of wood as such streets are costly and need constant repair the plan is gradually to replace them with a macadam of the gold mine tailings the business section runs parallel with the channel close to the docks are sawmills lumber yards sheet metal works and machine shops and farther back are long streets devoted to stores banks and shops of all kinds the town with its department stores cigar factories daily newspapers and thriving banks does a much larger volume of business than would be handled in a place several times its size in the united states chicken ridge the knob hill of juneau is at the upper end of the city well back from the water the residents are not in love with the name and talk of changing it to bellevue or bonaire or some other less plebeian title the houses are pretty two-story frame structures built on patches cut out of the rocks the richest man in the town has a lawn about as big as a parlor rug which tourists are taken to see as one of the sights of the city other fine homes are still higher up and some of them cling to the green wall of the mountains when i made a call last evening upon the editor of one of the juno papers i had to climb a pathway several times as high as that which leads to the tea-house of the one hundred steps above yokohama japan these houses of juno have no double windows or other special arrangements for winter protection nevertheless the people tell me they have no trouble in keeping warm the thermometer seldom falls below zero and the heavier water pipes are laid on the top of the ground the chief complaint is of the long nights and the short days in midwinter the electric lights have to be turned on two or three hours after noon and it is not daylight until nine o'clock in the morning in midsummer there are but few hours of real darkness up to ten o'clock at night one can go anywhere without lights and the dawn comes between two and three o'clock in the morning the winter climate here suits even the negroes those children of the tropical sun i had my shoes shined this morning by a colored bootblack whose stand is on the main street he charged me fifteen cents for the shine and told me that in the interior i shall have to pay not less than a quarter as he worked i asked him if the winter did not chill his african blood he replied no adding that the winters here are quite as warm as those of baltimore where he was born and that most of the time he does not even need an overcoat he has lived four years in alaska and has worked as far north as anchorage the railroad town on cook inlet he complains that juneau is a poor place for boot blacks except in the summer the winters have so much rain that the people go about in oilskins and rubbers and no one wants a shine i am living at the hotel zinda a concrete five-story building not far from the courthouse and the governor's residence it has some rooms with baths and an elevator that runs now and then usually then like most of the alaska hotels it has no dining room and i have to walk two or three blocks to the restaurants the food is excellent and comparatively cheap as these alaskans have big appetites the caterers make their portions generous one order of chops or steak is sufficient for two people and a single order of cracked crab is more than one man can eat the crabs here are as big around as a dinner plate and delicious the menu is a la carte and as many of the dishes are given french names as the vocabulary of the restaurant keeper will permit among those on the bill today for instance were consomme en cup 
and beefsteak on platter the waiters were good-natured girls from sweden many summer visitors less informed than i was bring to alaska a great supply of unnecessary clothing they load up with furs and overcoats only to find that the interior of the country is roasting and that the children are going about with bare feet a party which went down the yukon this season had nothing but heavy woolens along their steamer ran aground on one of the islands where they were stranded for five days with the thermometer at ninety degrees in the shade the same ignorance prevails as to the food of the country the multimillionaire president of a gold dredging company of the klondike brought a load of fresh meats and vegetables with him to dawson for fear he would suffer when he got there he found at the hotel everything he had on his ship they tell a story here of one of the merchants of cordova the ocean terminus of the copper river railroad who ordered some woolen goods from a minnesota mill through an agent in seattle the goods should have arrived within thirty days upon their failure to come the agent wrote the minnesota firm and received the reply that the order had not been filled as navigation was already closed and there was no use in making any shipment to alaska at that time of the year the truth is that cordova is right on the pacific ocean and ships call there every week the year round a chicago man recently said to an alaskan who was telling stories about his country i can believe everything but what you say about the mosquitoes there can be no mosquitoes in a land where there is so much ice and snow anyone who has traveled in alaska in summer knows that the country abounds in mosquitoes and that at times it is impossible to go anywhere in the woods unless every bit of one's skin is protected many of our people evidently think that the klondike belongs to alaska and that dawson is one of its cities this ignorance extends even to some of the government officials at washington not long ago one of the big executives of our post office department sent a letter of censure to the postmaster at dawson because he had not been submitting his reports to the department at washington he told the postmaster that the dawson office would be closed unless a report was submitted at once the postmaster replied that dawson was the capital and chief city of yukon territory and that its reports went only to the canadian government at ottawa the incident occasioned great laughter in this part of the world and the dawson agent thought so much of it that he had the letter framed and hung up in the post office to give another instance one of the clerks of our treasury department once wrote to an official at sitka when that town was the capital that the treasury had very few blanks of the kind sitka had asked for but that the alaska official might easily run across to nome and get some as nome had a double supply now nome is as far from sitka as new york is distant from omaha the only way is by sea the voyage is as long as from new york to liverpool and the steamers go once a month few people appreciate the distances in alaska by the ordinary summer routes it is from eighteen hundred to two thousand miles from juneau to fairbanks nevertheless a merchant of the latter town told me that he had received a letter from a boston firm saying that they had drawn upon him through a banking establishment at juneau another citizen of fairbanks ordered a well-known dictionary consisting of ten or eleven volumes which had been extensively advertised in the magazines the man sent the money and asked that the books be delivered at fairbanks a month or more afterward he received a letter saying 
that the books had been shipped him from the publisher's canadian branch the company evidently thinking that fairbanks was in canada the result was that the books were held at the international boundary for duty and have not yet been delivered another amusing story belongs to the time of the boundary dispute between the united states and canada when the subject came up in congress a senator wanted to know when the lynn canal was dug and who dug it when it is remembered that the lynn canal is one of the great fjords of the north american continent and that it was ploughed out by nature in the prehistoric past the fund of information of the questioner can be appreciated a letter received at juneau from a philadelphia firm in response to an order for certain goods to be sent c o d stated that the philadelphia firm could not send goods c o d to foreign countries whatever the degree of ignorance about it outside alaska is far from lacking in culture i am surprised at the number of college men i run across in southeastern alaska more than half of the professional men are graduates of colleges and juneau has a thriving university club the majority are from western institutions but yale harvard princeton and cornell all have their representatives the graduates of the university of washington at seattle came to dinner together on one occasion and thirty-five sat down to the table the public schools of juneau are good the high school has its business branches with courses in public speaking mechanical drawing sewing and cooking it gives its graduates certificates admitting them to the university of california and other western colleges i came here expecting to find a population of men only the sexes are almost equally divided many of the women have come as school teachers or as clerks or stenographers and have married some of the young men have gone back home for their wives and the girls who are born here usually stay the population is not transient as is often supposed i meet daily men who have been in alaska from fifteen to thirty years and find young men and women who expect to spend their lives here there is much civic spirit in the town which believes in municipal ownership it owns and operates the principal wharf and it has a fuel depot where it supplies coal to the city this municipal establishment has at times had a marked effect in keeping down the price of both coal and gasoline as sold by local dealers the city has also aided in the building of a cold storage plant with a freezing capacity of eighteen thousand pounds a day and storage rooms for fifty thousand pounds of fish End of chapter nine